It's good to see everyone here. I also want to say hello to everyone watching online or over in our video cafe. We're so glad that you guys joined us as well. We're in the third week of our How to Marry Well series. Now, throughout this month, Witty and I have been trying to show how we can engage in relationships that have the potential to lead to amazing and God-honoring marriages. And so what we've observed is that most people are picking the people that they date and their future spouses based on very superficial things like how hot they are, how rich they are, their social status. And we call this chemistry. And it's the number one thing that our culture teaches us to look for in a potential spouse. And so we're calling that getting married from the outside in, starting with these outside superficial things as the starting place for choosing who might just become your spouse. And statistically, what's being uh, very obvious to us in our culture as well is that many of these marriages are not working out. And when we marry from the outside in, it's like we're gambling on this lifelong commitment that we're going to make to someone. And so what we're suggesting is that in order to marry well, we have to marry from the inside out. We have to get to the core of your relationship working through the difficult subjects and having the hard conversations before making the lifelong commitment of marriage. And so in week one, we saw that you have to find someone who shares a basic life purpose. You have to have a common purpose that you are both pursuing, the thing that wakes you up in the morning, the thing that you're willing to give the rest of your life for. And in week two, we saw that you also have to be compatible with this person. And again, not just on surface level things like what music you listen to or what sports team you root for, but true compatibility. Now, if you missed the last two weeks, I would highly encourage you to go online and go to city.church and look in our archives. You can re-watch those two talks that Witty gave. Because today, we're going to wrap up the three-step process of how to marry well by talking about the importance of confirmation. Now, confirmation is simply the approval of your relationship by people who know you well, who love you deeply, and who are wise enough to speak into your life and your relationship. Let me say that again. Confirmation is the approval of your relationship by people who know you well, who love you deeply, and have enough wisdom to speak in to your relationship. See, growing up, I had this incredible ability, almost like a superpower, to date girls that my parents hated. I almost exclusively dated girls that my parents did not approve of, and I could never figure it out. I mean, just because they were mean to me and didn't really have social skills and treated people. Okay, I get why now as an adult, but really I made it all the way through high school without choosing one single girl that my parents were very excited about. And the great thing about my mom and dad is that they were honest enough to let me know that they did not approve. But the strangest thing happened. It seemed like the more my parents disapproved, the more attractive these girls got. And so today we're going to call this Romeo and Juliet syndrome, or RNJ syndrome for short. 
You know the story, the star-crossed lovers who came from feuding families, forbidden love, fighting against the odds. Now that makes for a very romantic Shakespeare play, but it also makes for really terrible real-life relationships. And don't forget, Romeo and Juliet die at the end of the show. Now, unfortunately, this isn't just an issue for teenagers. Many of us never outgrow this desire to pick relationships that simply are not good for us. And the more our family and friends disapprove, the more we want to prove them wrong. And so let me ask you, this is a real question. Have you ever had a friend who it's like their picker is just off. Like for the life of them, they cannot pick a good relationship. And no matter how many times you try to talk them out of it, they just keep going back to these terrible, terrible relationships. This is Romeo and Juliet syndrome. And you all know how the story ends. Inevitably, things fall apart, and who do they come running back to? You. Now, I saw many of you shaking your heads. Yes, I have. You may be here thinking, that's weird. I I don't have a friend like that. You're that friend. (laughs) Now, part of this for us is cultural, all right? Uh, Here in America, I don't know if you know this, but we don't really like people telling us what to do. And in fact, oftentimes when someone tries to tell us what to do, we'll do the opposite just because we can. And I can remember being a teenager and thinking, I can't wait to turn 18 and get out of this house and be a grown man and I can do whatever I want. And that's how many of us live our lives. And in many of our dating relationships, we completely ignore the advice and the counsel of wise people in our lives. And because of that, we end up marrying from the outside in. You talk about confirmation. We make sure the person is hot, and that's all the confirmation that we need. But the question is, how is that working out for us? How is this self-reliant Romeo and Juliet dating strategy playing itself out? Well, you probably know that over 50% of marriages are ending in divorce, that dating relationships are plagued by cheating and cycles of guilt, that jealousy in our relationships lead us to act crazy or to fall into depressions, constant tension in our marriages and in our homes foster a really bad environment to bring up our kids. We get married and we end up fighting, and so what do we do? We run back to mom or dad's house to try and prove our point. All of this goes back to what we've been teaching all year long. Believe and behave. All year we've said that if you want to build a great life, you have to behave like you believe. And if you want to build a great marriage, you have to behave like you believe. And so we believe that marriage is a top priority. That it's the second most important decision you'll ever make in your life. But we aren't behaving in ways that help guarantee a great marriage. We're marrying from the outside in. And so maybe today you're single and you're dreaming of finding Mr. or Mrs. Right. Maybe you're struggling in the dating game. Maybe your Facebook says that it's complicated. 
Maybe you're in a marriage and throughout this series you're realizing that you married from the outside in and now you are seriously struggling. So wherever you find yourself, today we're gonna have an open and honest conversation about the role that confirmation plays in our relationships. We're gonna see what we believe about it and then we're gonna challenge each other to behave accordingly. And so how does confirmation help us marry from the inside out? And so to answer that question, we're gonna return to the same text that we've been using for this whole series. It's the story in the book of Genesis in the Bible of how Isaac and Rebekah got married. Now, if you weren't here for the last two weeks, let's just take a second and do a quick review of their story. Isaac's father was Abraham, and Abraham was getting pretty old. Now, in that culture over in the Middle East, it was the father's responsibility to find a wife for his son. Now, Abraham was probably too old to travel to accomplish this, and so he sent his right-hand man, he sent his most trusted servant, to go and find a wife for Isaac. Now this journey was hugely important because through the family, through the lineage of Abraham and Isaac, one day the savior of the world was going to be born. So in other words, if Jesus gets on ancestry.com, he can trace his family back to who Isaac's going to marry. That's a lot of pressure to find the right woman. And so as we followed this story the last two weeks, we saw that Isaac and Rebecca had an incredibly common life purpose. They both uniquely believed in God and his plan for their lives. We also saw last week that they were incredibly compatible. I'm talking like Jim and Pam Halpert compatible. And so you have these two people, Rebecca was beautiful, Isaac was rich, they've got the chemistry, they have a common life purpose, they're perfectly compatible. What more do they really need? Well, as we continue the story, Abraham's servant followed Rebecca back to her family's home where her father and her brother were waiting for him. And so let's pick up the story there in Genesis chapter 24. It says, so the servant went to the house and the camels were unloaded, straw and fodder were brought for the camels and water for him and his men to wash their feet. Then food was set before him, but he said, I will not eat until I have told you what I have to say. Now, at first, this may not seem like a big deal, but you have to remember that this was thousands of years ago and to prepare a large meal for an entire family of people was a monumental task. It would have taken this family all day long to prepare this. They potentially had to wake up that morning and slaughter animals. They made everything from scratch, and there was no microwave to throw it in if it got cold. And this servant puts the whole thing on pause until he says what he has to say. He was adamant that he would not eat. And then over the next 15 verses in Genesis 24, he tells every detail about Isaac and Rebekah. He lets them know why this marriage is so significant. He recounts the story of how he knows they have a common life purpose. He told them about how compatible they were. 
And so after he had laid it all out, he said, now if you will show kindness and faithfulness to my master, to Abraham, then tell me. He was looking for confirmation. He was saying, if this is gonna happen, if you can give your approval of Rebecca and Isaac, then let me know. And if not, then tell me so I may know which way to turn. The servant lays out the entire beautiful story and then he stops and he asks for confirmation. And so you talk about believe and behave. He believed so strongly in getting the approval of Rebecca's family that if they said no, he would actually leave Rebecca there and have to go find Isaac, another woman, to marry. You talk about behaving like you believe. Confirmation was so important to this marriage that he was willing to leave a beautiful, perfectly compatible woman behind. And so after he laid it all on the line, Laban and Bethuel, the brother and the father answered him. They said, this is from the Lord. We can say nothing to you one way or the other. So here is Rebecca, take her and go and let her become the wife of your master's son as the Lord directed. Isaac and Rebecca ended up getting married and through their lineage one day, Jesus came to save the entire world from their sins. Common life purpose, compatibility, and now they had the confirmation that they were looking for. You see, Isaac was behaving like he believed. Rebecca was beautiful and he was rich and they could have stopped right there. That's chemistry. And that is what our culture tells us matters. Every romantic comedy that you watch, it's just all about feeling it and that magic moment. And you'll just know when you know. And the songs that we listen to, they tell us that chemistry is all that matters. You don't hear songs that say, hey, you might wanna make sure that you're really compatible before you put a ring on it. No, it says, if you like it, then you should have put a ring on it. That's just chemistry. It's marrying from the outside in and it is not serving us well. What we are suggesting is that you have to marry from the inside out. Because here's a truth that you cannot escape. If you don't hear anything else, hear this. If you marry from the outside in, that's your prerogative. But the inside will eventually come out. You cannot escape it. You can run off and you can get married because you feel it and because culture tells you it's fine. But someday the inside will come out. Whether it's a week into your marriage or a decade into your marriage, you will find out whether you have a common life purpose. Someday you will find out whether or not you're truly compatible. And what we're asking you to do is marry from the inside out to do the hard work before you make the lifelong commitment. And this is why confirmation is so incredibly important. As the third and final step, it acts as a safeguard for the first two. Because when you have someone who really knows you and really loves you and truly is wise and can speak into your relationship, they will make sure that you really have a common life purpose 
with whoever you're in a relationship with. They will challenge you and test you on your compatibility. They will make sure you have done the hard work from the inside out before you get married. And when you get the confirmation of someone who knows you and loves you and is wise, you can enter into your marriage with hope and with confidence that you're signing up for an amazing lifelong journey. You see, the key is to find someone who is wise and who will challenge you and be brutally honest with you. Listen, if you're looking for confirmation for what you're currently doing, if you're looking for someone's approval for dating from the outside in and basing everything on chemistry, it will not be hard to find. It's what our entire culture does. But if you wanna behave like you believe, if you wanna marry from the inside out, then you will find a godly wise person. And when you get their confirmation, it acts as this protective seal around your marriage. You know, when I met Katie for the first time, I was instantly in love. And when I say met, I mean saw. I had not said a word to her yet. This was based 100% on chemistry. And if you've seen my wife, you get it, all right? But I was determined to break my track record of terrible relationships. I was determined to do this thing right and to try and pursue marriage from the inside out. And so when we started hanging out, we started doing the hard work. Very quickly we realized that our life purpose was incredibly in line. We both wanted to spread the hope of Jesus Christ to the world, and we also cared deeply about the orphan crisis in our world. Katie was on the board of Child Protective Services. I was traveling back and forth working in an orphanage in Haiti. We had so much in common when it came to our life purpose. And then the more that we hung out over time, we realized that we were very compatible. I mean, she had to teach me like how to dress and behave in public, but besides that, we were lined up. And so we lined up so well on our, on our life purpose and so well on our compatibility that we assumed everyone would instantly give us their confirmation and we were so wrong. When our relationship went public, we got pushback from everyone you can imagine. Our friends weren't on board. Most of our families didn't understand it. Even strangers in our tiny town were outspoken against it. But to be fair, Katie and I were an odd couple. She was a beautiful single mother of two boys. And I was a wild, dreadlocked, full-time musician <laughs> who knew nothing about kids. People's concerns were based on fact, like the fact that I was terrible with children, like the fact that I spent all of my money on guitars and Rastafarian hats. <laughs> but even though their opinions were fair, to me, it all felt very personal. And just to be honest with you guys, I started coming down with Romeo and Juliet syndrome all over again. I wanted to marry Katie as quickly as possible because I wanted to prove everyone wrong. But by God's grace, Katie was determined to do things correctly. She took the lead 
And I followed her to continue trying to marry from the inside out. Because here's what we knew. Not only do we have a common life purpose, not only were we crazy compatible, but I was just as compatible with Lane and with Paxton. And we knew that if people got a chance to really see us and really understand our relationship, that they would be fully on board. We believed that. And so we did everything we could to be patient, to get to know each other's families, to, to allow people to see our common life purpose, to observe our compatibility. Now the hardest part for me on a personal level is that my parents were skeptical. I knew that I didn't have their confirmation yet. But a few months into dating, Katie and I drove to Marble Falls to meet my parents for lunch and this was gonna be the first time that they got to meet the boys and to see me with them. And so we pulled up to the restaurant at about the same time and my parents stood there and watched us get out of the car and here's what they saw. They saw their son, who never held a baby in his life, who avoided children at all cost, expertly remove Paxton from his car seat. <laughs> they watched me hold him like I knew what I was doing. They watched me go around and, and get Lane, and Lane take my hand across the busy street. And they saw one-year-old Paxton wrap his arms and legs around me and cling to me as tight as he could. And that was the moment that they realized our relationship was the real deal. And it was in that moment that they knew someday we would get married. And you know, because we were patient, and because we did everything we could to try to marry from the inside out, the day that Katie and I got married, we did it with full confirmation from all of our loved ones. And that confirmation to this day is like a protective barrier around our marriage. Listen, confirmation isn't always easy. Marrying from the inside out isn't always easy. That's the whole point. We're asking you to do the hard work before you make the lifelong commitment. You know, Abraham's servant had to put off dinner and make an entire family wait to eat so that he could tell his story and get confirmation. And Katie and I, we had to be patient and we had to trust our loved ones and that they had our best intentions in mind. But even though it's difficult, it is so worth it to have that protective seal around your marriage because no longer are people in his corner or her corner. Now people have become advocates for your marriage and for your relationship. And so here's what I'm asking you to do. I'm asking you to seek confirmation. To be clear, I'm asking you to put your relationship in someone else's hands. Tell them about the hard work that you've done to discover your common life purpose. Allow them opportunities to observe your compatibility and then listen to them. Oftentimes, other people can see parts of ourselves that we cannot actually see. And the reality is that when you are in love, it is very difficult, if not impossible, to really be fully objective about your relationship. And so seek confirmation. Here's the deal. People were right about me. My parents were concerned because they knew me better than anyone. 
I had to learn how to take care of kids. I had to begin living in a way where I could support three other people. They weren't being jerks. They didn't want me to be miserable. They were protecting me. They were helping us to do the hard work before we made the lifelong commitment. They wanted us to behave like we believe. They wanted us to marry from the inside out. Common life purpose, compatibility, and confirmation. This is how you marry well. And so some of you may be here and you want it. You want to do the hard work and you want to find that confirmation, but if you're honest, you don't know that you have someone in your life qualified to give it to you. You don't know if you have that godly, wise, trustworthy person who can actually speak into your relationship. And if that's you, what I want to say to you is this is why the church exists. You got to remember, you don't come to church, you are the church It's a group of like-minded people all trying to work on our lives and pursue our faith and grow in our relationship with God. And so if you don't have those kind of people in your life, I highly encourage you to get involved, to go to our Tuesday night programs at seven o'clock where there's a community of people who are trying to help each other in this life. Or maybe for you, you need to get involved Find a team to volunteer on where there's other like-minded people. It's worth it to do the hard work and to behave like we believe. And so for a moment, I wanna talk to our married folks. You know, maybe you're at an amazing place and your marriage is just bliss and it gets better every single day. But perhaps throughout this series, you've realized that you might have actually married from the outside in. And now you're in a lifelong commitment and it seems like every day gets harder and harder. And what I wanna say to you is that it's not too late to do the hard work. Throughout this series, we've given you three steps of how to marry well and they're not just for the single people in the room. It is going to be more challenging for you than for our single friends. I want to be very honest about that. But it is also incredibly worth it. It's worth it to have the conversations, to schedule some dinners, to hire the babysitter, to go through the pain and the tears to determine whether there is a life purpose that you guys can organize around. It's worth it to really get to the core issues of compatibility because if you've been married and you're miserable, no one has to tell you you're not compatible, you're very well aware. But all of us have hurts and habits and hangups. We all have worse ways. And we can all work on them to improve our marriages. Maybe you need to pick up the book that Witty talked about last week, Falling in Love for All the Right Reasons, and look at the different areas of compatibility. You can do the hard work and rescue your marriage. If you're looking for confirmation, maybe for you, you need to show up to re-engage on Wednesday nights. 
Reengage is a room full of people who are trying to better their marriage. It's full of wise, godly leaders who can speak into your relationship. And I believe, because we've seen it hundreds of times, that you can get several weeks into this process, you can get a new lease on your marriage, and you can look around and see a room full of confirmation for the strides that you've made. The church, us, we are called to be a city on a hill, light in a world full of darkness, and we lead out of our marriages. It's time for us as a church to do the hard work from the inside out so that we can't just be the hope for an eternal life, but we can be the hope for people's lives right now can be a church who behaves like we believe in every area of our life, including how we're gonna live out our marriages. And if we can do that, we will see generations change. We'll see our children's lives begin to change. We'll see the impact it has in our community. And we'll have a better understanding of God and his love for us. Would you guys pray with me? God, I always want to start by thanking you for loving us. Loving us so much that you sent Jesus to come to this earth to prove it by dying on a cross for us, by raising back to life three days later. And in that moment, when Jesus defeated death itself, it let us know that nothing is impossible. God, the people who are in marriages who are struggling right now, I pray that you would breathe new life into them. God, that you would give them the energy and the inspiration to do the hard work from the inside out. God, for those of us who are dating or who are single and who are looking to get married and dreaming about that day, that we would not give in to what culture tells us about how to choose our future spouse, but we would look to what you desire for us. And so God, we love you. Pray that you continue to move in our lives. And we ask all of it in Jesus' name. And everybody said... Amen. Man, I want to thank you guys so much for being here. Next week, we're going to continue one last week of How to Marry Well. I hope you'll come and bring a friend. I love you guys. I'll see you here next week.